Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back once again to The Greatest Show on Earth. It's Wednesday. We're live. It's Talking Terror. We're so glad to have you back. We're hopefully making it through the week and hopefully looking forward to that weekend. But before then, we are back with an all-new episode. We're going to be talking about the Ghoul Geeks pick this week, which is Don't Go Into the Woods Alone from 1981, directed by James Bryan. So we're going to be talking about that campsite horror film a little later on in the show. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back all the fun and horror that we have in store for you tonight. As always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Goldie Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on? We hope you're ready for this episode. we got so much to talk about, so little time. So we're also joined by the Mad Monkey himself. He's banging on his cage. He's ready to go crazy on us tonight. Monkey, welcome back. Hey there, Frank fans. It's your maniacal Mad Monkey here, joining my lovely co-host of Talking Terror for another fun-filled, fright-filled episode. Oh, so buckle in. Let's have some fun with this wonderful, wonderful romp that we're getting ready to take through the 80s. Please don't go in the woods. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello, ghoul. Hello, king. Hello, hello, hello. And we're also joined by the demonic Dr. Dave, back for another one. I'm back for another one. (laughs) <laughs> it's so very exciting. I'm glad to have you, sir. It is. A lot to talk about. Lots to discuss, I'm sure. Uh, glad to have so you much back. To talk uh, how have you get, uh, We do. I know. I, I have a couple things. Uh, but uh, what's been going on for you guys since we last spoke? How's everybody been? All right, all right. Um, but, like, before we get too much into stuff, I just want to sit there and say just a, a quick, like, if you've been listening to the show, you know that Talking Terror has a special promo code for our sponsor bonfire beads on etsy and it seems that someone definitely took up the talking terror code and while i did not put in the talking terror promo code of hashtag and pussy somebody did and while and i actually got to see the pictures that the ghoul sent to one of i saw them too man i saw it was it was a it was a big old cock and a wide open pussy dude i thought yeah, I, I just Great. want to say, like, I did not realize that the ghoul's cock was so fucking big. And I got to admit that, man, I am jealous of your giant cock, ghoul. <laughs> I am extremely jealous of your giant, giant cock. I'm blessed. What can I say? You know what I mean? It's big, it's gold, and it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, and again, that, that promo is still going to be running, people. And just so you know, every single image of my cock is customized to your pleasure. So every cock will be there. Not, he's but not it will be mine. lying. No, he's not. No, that's true. No, and I, Yeah, because I actually saw these pictures that were actually sent out to the person that put out the promo code. So once again, thank you, Sean. But yeah, you know who the ghoul is keeping this going. So make sure you get in there, put put in that promo code, 
Get that cock and pussy. Big thanks from both me and the ghoul girl, Sean. So thank you very much. Now she just has to get a frame. Hope you enjoy. Put it somewhere really respectful. You know, that's a talking piece. People come over. Like, hey, look at this cock on your wall. Who's the ghoul? Who's that? You know, it brings people together. It's going right into the college diploma. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Seriously, I'm touched. I really am. <laughs> there's my diploma. There's a picture of a cock. Stay scared. Cool. Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> so I actually do have a little bit of news real quick. Um, I know, again, this is one of Doc's favorite thing that we talk about is, like, comic Ooh. book shit. But this is actually Ooh. real breezy, real easy. This might actually interest you a little bit, though you'll never get the streaming service, so never mind. Um, Disney Plus has what? announced that the writers of John Wick are the ones that are going to be penning the upcoming Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Okay. Oh, oh! Now, oh. if you are a fan of the, the the John Wick films, be ready to see uh, some some Bucky and some uh, some Falcon action going along with those guys writing it. So I'm hoping for some violence. I'm hoping for some fun, and uh, and yeah, hope for a good ass time, man. Mm. Now, but on Disney, how much violence can they have? <laughs> Well, well again, this is still Disney Plus, so it's got to at least still be tailored enough towards the films that they're representing. The characters are the same actors. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for at least yeah. similar action. So it is the same actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you got uh, yeah, both. Uh, I, I forget his name at the moment. It's Bucky Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Sam. Sam. Yes, those guys. Bucky and Bucky and <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah. Bucky and Sam, yeah, those guys. Not the actors, but the characters. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, hopefully it'll be good. I mean, I've just looked at great movies, and hopefully it'll be something cool. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing these actors actually be in it. I'd love to see it be like a 90s, like, you know, buddies cops to come, where they're just running around making fun of each other throughout the entire episode. Uh, I mean, again, I, I can easily see that being done with both of those characters. So, oh, man. Yeah. you know, it could uh, it could certainly be a very interesting dynamic to have with them. I mean, almost like a a superhero version of a lethal weapon of sorts. You know? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be cool. I, honestly, I would be on board for that. If they went the more comedic route, still have action, violence, but to have them kind of bounce off of each other would be great. I, mean, I, oh, I know I am certainly looking more forward to that than anybody has been of the DC service, which is just <laughs> losing subscribers on a on a daily basis at this point. I even, you know, I was checking out some of their advertisements that are, you know, just spewing all over Facebook, one of which I love right. is still advertising the Ewing. Swamp Thing series that got oh. canceled, but, uh, you know. I love it. You know, there's like, these are the wonderful comments that you get. You know, I just subscribed and fully regret it. There is no new content. Great for the classic stuff, but not worth the money. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Swamp Thing get canceled? I am a comic fan, and I say die already. Your channel sucks. Your movies suck. The CW shows are half decent, and the animated movies and shows are the only real good thing DC has put out for years. Uh, to which somebody responded, you're not a comic fan, you're a troll, and a pathetic one at that. I mean, oh, you know, people are not allowed no. to have opinions. No, uh, yeah, it's uh, a uh, opinion. 
It's it's just silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody else is just <laughs> crying about uh, the fact that why bother signing up for DC service right now when it's probably going to get wrapped up into whatever the WB is going to be putting out as a streaming service soon, which makes a lot of sense, which basically means you'll have access to all of the WB properties, which would include like Harry Potter and shit like that, on top of your DC things that they do own. So just wait it out, people. I'm sure you'll get something better down the road. Maybe. <laughs> I have one a question help. about the Disney streaming service. Now, I know that Disney over the years has acquired, you know, many other uh, big studio properties and studio libraries and whatnot, um, as well as their own lengthy and um, various enterprises. So is their streaming service going to incorporate the entire Disney catalog? No. They are going to have two separate services. There's going to be Disney Plus. They are. Which is going to be tailored towards an older crowd with your Marvel films, your Star Wars, and, you know, again, things that I think are going to be pushed more on those older kids to adult age people. Um, and then you'll have the regular Disney streaming, which will be what's tailored towards your younger audience, your kids, and so forth. Which I'm perfectly fine with. It means it's less menu for me to have to navigate through to find what I want to find. I don't need to fucking have to look well, through Handy Manny and fucking, you know, Farts and Friends, Mickey's Clubhouse and all that shit just to find my fucking, you know, my, my Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there, but if they just categorized how the interface is, that shouldn't be such an issue. But I guess more so what my question is, is that is Disney going to be opening up the vaults to, like, their Disney-produced stuff, like, going back. I know, obviously, there are some titles in the Disney canon or Disney catalog that have been considered controversial or racially insensitive, and I'm not even talking about films like The Song of the South, but I'm talking about just all of the Disney movies and Disney shows from all the years. Is that stuff going to be presented? I'm I'm not really trying to source if it's going to be on one of theirs versus the other, but like if there's a Disney movie that I know is a Disney movie that I remember watching as a kid that is not available and has never been available in any form, uh, is that going to be able to be watched? Oh, okay. I mean, I can't say for certain. I don't know how they're going to do it, but knowing Disney in general and how smart they are with how they cycle products, into circulation while pulling other products out to continue that that cycle of value um, and demand. I'm going to say they'll probably swap things in and out throughout the years for the streaming service. You know, there's certain films right now that you can't get streaming, one of which is like the animated film Aladdin. Um, you know, we would have loved to have been able to, to watch that with Sam. We never got to take uh, her to go see the movie in the theaters yet. Um, but she's also never seen the animated film. And right now, the only way to see that is to get your hands on a physical copy of the DVD, um, you know, or Blu-ray, uh, which I don't even know if that's even available yet. I don't know if they, they, they put that out on Blu-ray. They probably have. I just don't fucking, I don't pay attention to physical stuff anymore, uh, except for sex in my body. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I've long joke. there's a movie uh, that was released on, on VHS because I have, uh, I've rented it from Video Home Center 
uh, like when I was, I mean, going back a ways, like when I was a little kid. But, uh, yes. Uh, shout out, Mark. Mark. There you. is a, a, we love you, Mark. There's a 1983 Disney movie. Uh, it's called Tiger Town, and it stars Roy Scheider of Jaws, and he plays like a aging baseball player for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, who is like mired in slump and career is ending. And, uh, you know, this young kid is like a fan uh, that believes in him and they have an encounter. And, uh, you know, Scheider's character then starts to like regain his hitting prowess and go on a run. And like the movie cover, like chronicles that run and their relationship, uh, like, you can see it in like bits and pieces on YouTube and whatnot, but it was never released on DVD. Uh, it had I a one, the whole maybe one or... right here on YouTube, actually, man. Yeah, the whole I'm film is together on YouTube. Yes, it is. Yeah, wow. I got the whole movie. <laughs> All right, I'm yeah. going there right now because the last I looked on YouTube, it was in like 15 pieces. I see an hour and 15 yeah. minutes and. Yeah, there it is. An hour and 15 minutes. Roy Scheider, Tiger Town. That's it. That's it right there. Um, <laughs> Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, but you, anyway, you're Disney welcome. Streaming. Copies go, copies go, like the old VHS copies go on eBay anywhere from like 25 to 50 bucks. And uh, it's not something that I would ever buy. Uh, and I don't even have a VCR. But it's just been a movie that like I have a very strong uh, fondness for and would like to see it again. And now I see that I can. So uh, I don't care if they are going to be streaming this on their streaming service because I can watch it now. Well, again, like I said, I mean, you know, the one thing about Disney, their whole cycling thing and all of that stuff, it's not like it benefits them financially. You know what I mean? As far as like somebody selling that on on eBay. Um, I think it's just one of those fun things like, you know, that it's kind of like it's it's one of the last few collectors like favorable market having Disney films on tape or, you know, some of the, the more rare DVDs that had come out when DVDs first started releasing before Disney started putting out their big diamond value versions and all that stuff. Um, you know, I know I used to collect all the VHS tapes for them with their big clamshell cases and all that stuff. That was awesome. You know, like my, my mom had them for my sisters and then I started collecting them for, for my own kids before moving over to DVDs with them. Um, and eventually, you know, I know we ended up with like one or two Blu-rays and, and now I have none. Um, you know, but I have my few on the, uh, on the Xbox because the, uh, there are certain films that I have to have like Lion King, Oliver and Company, stuff like that. But their cost is up there. I have to say they're still like 20 to 25 bucks, you know, based on, depending on what the film is and everything. Just for they're digital also, download, they're, they're still charging that much? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry, Doc, what were you going to say? I was going to about – I'm just doing a quick – I want to make sure – continue your conversation. I just want to do a quick research on something real real quick before I make my next statement. Okay. All right. Well, I was just going to say, since we're talking about streaming services, there is this news that Marilyn Manson is trying to get himself into the new stand movie that is being worked on right now. Trying to. He's, he's in. Oh, trying to? I, I mean, he's in because I, I heard he was trying to get in. But yeah, no, but once again, this, they're casting him. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because once again, this is going to be on CBS All Access. Once again, well. <laughs> another streaming service. If you are going to sit there and watch the Twilight Zone, maybe they'll get you in with the stand. 
Oh, yeah. so no, I mean, now they're easy. taking a stand from going like a theatrical movie to just another TV series, except it's going to be on the streaming service? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, no, yeah, no, no. I, I had assumed that if they yeah. were redoing the stand, that they were going to go with an actual movie this time around. Uh, I'm surprised with the success of it, and you know, even to a yeah. degree, the success of Pet Cemetery, that they're not, you know, saying, "Hey, Stephen King properties. They're popular. Yeah. They're making money. Yeah. Why wouldn't we put it in the theater?" Yeah. Well, that was yeah, the plan originally, like, and but it got shut yeah. down to the streaming service. Yeah, because yeah, I'm right a good now, fan. It, I, I'll never see it. Yeah, that's, that's it, where it, that goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like along with Marilyn Manson, they're saying it's also supposed to have James Marsden as Stu, Amber Heard oh. as Nadine, and Lucy oh, Goldberg man. as Mother Abigail. Well, <laughs> that's probably about the only yeah. inspired casting that I heard out of that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's good casting. I'll take, I'll take Whoopi Goldberg oh. as uh, as Mother Abigail, man. She just has to channel her. Uh, her ghost character a little bit, you know? A <laughs> little bit, yeah. I mean, we'll never know what, what it's like. Not, not the color purple? No. No. Much more ghost. I agree with the ghoul on that one. <laughs> Sorry. You like my hair, well, though, right? It's autumn sunrise. <laughs> Where's that, though? You like? Damn, baby. What do you do to your hair? <laughs> Yeah, no thanks. Otome, Otome. Otome, Otome. You haven't made it through Ghost? Ghost is fucking marvelous. You haven't made it through Ghost? No, not Ghost. Color Purple. Oh, okay. Ghost I've made through many times. I love Ghost. Color Purple, not so much. I've only, I can't make it through that movie. It's so bored. Okay, but moving Ghost. on. Doc, Doc, are you back with us? Yes, I'm back with you. Did you look I up what you were trying to look up? Yeah, it, it had no bearing on our conversation, so I'm glad I, I looked before right. I spoke. So, moving on from streaming services to what we have in horror news, what do you got for us, Doc, tonight? Oh, there's so many things to talk about. First, as I'm sure you all know, and Bruce Campbell, who has retired from the character of Ash, Sam Raimi is exploring not one, not two, but three different three possible different ideas to relaunch the Evil Dead series. Uh, the first yep. of these ideas is another possible feature film continuing the story of Ash with his hope and dream that Bruce Campbell unretires from the character of Ash. The second idea would be a sequel to the Fede Alvarez uh, 2013 reboot uh, and the third option uh, Ramey refused to share any details uh, he had meetings about these three, op- these three options with Bruce Campbell and the producer uh, Robe Tippert uh, and Rob they Tappert. said before what, 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 excuse me for a little bit um, the uh, uh, they said before getting excited about Bruce Campbell's participation, uh, that if fans were unaware, uh, he is the co-owner of the rights to the franchise. So any discussions on how they move forward, uh, he would need to be a part of. But Sam Raimi uh, looking for ways to bring the Evil Dead back 
once again. Yeah, and what's interesting is that he said that he plans on having news within the next six months about exactly what he plans to do with Evil Dead uh, films because he doesn't want to do TV. He wants to do a movie. So whether or not that includes Bruce Campbell as Ash remains to be seen. Uh, With Campbell, though, like I've said months ago when he retired from the character, I, I think that if the story is strong enough and the money's there and he's really excited about the project, he'll go back and be Ash one more time or two more times. I think it all just depends on the money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bruce Campbell's put it out there plenty of times that he's, you know, all about the money. He likes the money. You know, he's not shy about putting that out there and saying that. So I I don't really see them tempting him. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's not a good He said he retired, (laughs) but money could bring him right back in. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying about uh, Ed versus Evil Dead how. When that series ended with the post-apocalypse and Ash being in charge of it, they're like, we want that. We want that as a movie. You know, if we're going to have an Evil Dead movie, make that the movie. And I'm, I'm all about that because I thought it was a great way to end the series. But also, you can do a continuation. You can do another movie. Yeah, so we're not about the universe. <laughs> What's that, Ghoul? I still haven't finished the series. I own all three seasons. I just haven't. I don't even think I finished season one yet, so I'll get there. <laughs> Please, dude, you got a ways to go, but it's a fun, it's a fun series. I had a lot of fun, yeah, you know, but, with all three seasons but, of the show. And what I find really interesting about all of this is how Sam Raimi is the one that's also pushing this a lot. It seems, you know, it just. Do you guys not find this weird that he's still holding on to the Evil Dead franchise? Don't you think he would have gotten no, tired of this as well? Well, that's his baby, really. I mean, that's what made him famous, was Evil Dead. You know, if it wasn't for that film, you know, Sam Raimi wouldn't have been as big as he is right now. So I think he owes a lot to Evil Dead and that franchise. So for him to say, I want to revisit that, I, I'm excited about for it. You know, I'd love to see him back at the helm. I know he directed the pilot episode for Ash vs. Evil Dead, but he still has a love for it. He's not bored of it, and I don't think he's tired of it. So I think it was more so Bruce yeah. being tired of being beaten up by Sam. On Saturday after day, <laughs> probably got them a little bit. Fuck you, Sam! Yeah, Can't we use some, some green screen? <laughs> oh no, I think. Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see more Evil Dead. It's funny. Like, I would like to see. In theory, I'd like to see a sequel to the Alvarez film. More yeah, than seeing a return to the world of Ash. I enjoyed what they were doing with that movie, but then at the same time, I enjoyed what they did with that movie so much to the point now I kind of feel like it's its own like standalone film only. It doesn't even need a sequel. Um, I'm almost afraid if they try to go any deeper into that, that it'll just kind of screw it up. Yeah. I agree with that point. I mean, it's such a strong film, uh, that Evil Dead from 2013, because Jane Levi, who played uh, Mia, was a great character, but it also showed you that you don't need Bruce Campbell to make an Evil Dead movie. You can make one Mm -hmm. and make it really actually fucking good. But again, like you had said, I don't know if I'd really want a sequel because it might, you know, just not be as good. And follow-ups sometimes always aren't as good as the original. So not so much in the case of Evil Dead 2, where I think Evil Dead 2 is fantastic. I'd just also be worried that if we're bringing in Raimi, then we're also bringing in comedy. 
Um, and I think yeah. that's the one thing that Alvarez stayed away from. He made oh, that yeah. film a scare. He made it a scary movie. You know, there were no, were, you know, were there little bits of tension relieving comedy in the movie? Yes, of course. But it wasn't the slapsticky stuff that you're used to seeing with Campbell from Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness and you know Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Yeah, and I wasn't a fan of Army of Darkness when it came out, and when I saw it, I, was, I don't like the medieval stuff. So I kind of wanted them to keep it where they kept it, the cabin. Um, but yeah, they definitely went in a different direction with Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, where they made it more comedy than horror. And then yeah, Fetty Alvarez, who makes a complete like 180 direction on Evil Dead, and makes it completely dark and gory and violent and just a fantastic horror film. He went back to what I think the original film was really about, you know, which was mm-hmm. a horror movie at its heart. Like, yeah, they might not have had the budget, and, you know, they, they worked with what they had, and I don't know. I always look at the first Evil Dead as being an actual scary movie, and then everything following that is more of a more of a comedy film. Yeah, and I've always said that that first film is my favorite of the series. I know that everybody loves, you know, Ash being the comical, you know, foil that he is, but that first one is just in your face. It's brutal. You know, it just, it sticks to the violence and it sticks to the scares and it's uncomfortable. I mean, I think you can even watch that now with the lights off and still get a little bit, you know, kind of uncomfortable because of how kind of uh, suspenseful it is and scary. Yeah. And it's always fun to watch the first one with people who've never seen the first one, but claim they're fans of the franchise and just to see their reactions to just how raw the first movie is compared to the franchise. And just to watch them just crawl in their seats, just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, for what little budget they had and for what they made, you know, it, it's impressive. Oh, yeah. The legacy of that. Um, but, Doc, have you seen Evil Dead from 2013? I have not. Okay. So I, I was going to ask you, but if you have not, then I would recommend that you do see it. You know, if you could find a, you know, a DVD or rent it someplace, I think it would be worth your time to check it out. I will keep it in mind. Thank you. All right. So moving on, what else do we have, Doc? The Shudder Streaming Horror Network has announced mm-hmm. that they have signed up for a second season of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, also... Awesome. Uh, as we are approaching the first year anniversary of the Shutter original Joe Bob Briggs 24-hour movie marathon, uh, they're going to, even though you've been able to stream it uh, on their service, they are going to be rebroadcasting it on their channel. Uh, although uh, it's going to be three films shorter because Shutter no longer has the rights to The Prowler, Daughters of Darkness, and The Legend of Foggy Creek. Hmm. Well, that's three films, but it's still impressive that they have the rights to everything else. Um, yes. But speaking of Shudder, I had a question for you, Doc, uh, because the Creepshow uh, series that's going to be premiering on Shudder, uh, recently they released all the episode titles and who's going to be writing it and who's going to be directing it. I, Survival I am heartbroken. Part I'm heartbroken and disappointed because when they announced that this was taking place, Nicotero himself said that that was the, yeah. I'll, I'll find the link and I will post it. Nicotero said that that was going to be his episode uh, that he was involved in. So I do not know what happened there. 
uh, when no. they start as more and more of the episode titles uh, were released, uh, some of the articles I was reading were saying, you know, they talked about Survivor type being one of these episodes, but it has yet this title has yet to see the light of day. So I wonder what's going on with that. So there's been no official word if that has been scrapped in as, I, as an idea, like for whatever reason, or if it will be pushed to a further season if this is successful. Uh, but unfortunately, no, in that batch of episode titles, a survivor type was not there. And believe me, anytime I saw an article talking about this in more titles, uh, the right. first thing I would do would be to scan the list for that title. So uh, unfortunately, at this time, for the Creepshow series, there is not going to be a survivor type. But I would love an explanation. Well, there is supposed to be a really big panel this year at San Diego Comic-Con with the creep show uh, and Shudder and Nicotero is supposed to be there all, along with Adrian Barbeau and some of the others. Are you actors, going? But there's, <laughs> uh, you, you live closer, man. It's in San Diego. Oh. It's going to be on Friday. It's going to be on Friday, July 19th room. So maybe I'll go down there ask, next weekend and ask them what the fuck is going on. Demand hey, answers. Doc. Get those answers. Meanwhile, I need at answers. 5.45 p.m. So now you know the time and place. So go there. Do your research. Make sure you wear all your talking chair and gear so uh, everyone can see that all over YouTube. When I wouldn't be seen in public viral. in that T-shirt that we made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that T-shirt. We really do need to make some new T-shirts. <laughs> but you should demand answers. Where is my survivor type, Nicotero? I want the truth. Explain yourself. I want it. I want it now. The public needs to know where is survivor type. It's, so, it's bizarre. We, but yeah, no explanation, which I thought was – that's why I wanted to bring it up to you, Doc, because I know that you were excited for it. And the fact that they don't have any explanation loaded up as to why they're not including it is bizarre. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, maybe they felt that being the context of the, of what the plot of that episode is, it wasn't realistic. I have no idea if it was something that had started to. Uh, there was been no. There's just been nothing ever since that first article. Uh, there's been zero talk about it. So I really don't know what the story is there. Okay. All right. So uh, what's next? What's next? Uh, so. I'm just going to go through a couple of quick things. We don't have to really pontificate too much about all of them. Uh, but apparently the upcoming slasher, 80 slasher based series of American horror story is not going to star Sarah Paulson, who has starred in all of the American horror stories. Uh, she may be make a cameo sometime in the season, but uh, Sarah Paulson, I don't know the reason, uh, but is not going to have a feature role in the upcoming season of American Horror Story. Or Evan Peters. I don't, I don't know. No, well, yeah, yeah, uh, I heard I had heard that too. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys and if you religiously watch every season. I have not watched any season of American Horror, series, uh, Horror Story since the hotel season, uh, but this right. upcoming um, slasher-based one, I will, be, I will be once again tuning in. Myself included. Um, but I posted it on the Facebook page, and I posed that question. You know, will it affect you watching the show now that Sarah Paulson said that she's not going to have any involvement? And the general consensus is no. It doesn't really matter. I'll still watch it. 
You know, I still think it's yeah. Be I don't fun. think it does matter, I, man. I really don't think it matters. I'm just reporting on the news. I don't think it's a big deal at all. I mean, I the first couple seasons, I thought it was weird that it was the same performers every season, but then I kind of thought it was right. cool. So I really don't think it makes uh, that much of a difference if they're putting out a quality product. I mean, you know, yeah, I, all the time. I don't think one actor, the world is the perfect place. Yeah. All right. So what's next? I think Evan Peters uh, is a bigger loss than Sarah Paulson. Um, I mean, she's always you know serviceable in whatever role she's she's playing and in the in the show. But I don't know. I felt like uh, again, like Evan Peters losing him was more of a sting than uh, than her. Possibly because he he is good on that show. But I get his reasoning when he said he didn't want to do it. Like kind of anymore. It's because he's tired of playing dark, you know, brooding characters. You know, he wants to get into more lighter material. And I can't blame the guy. I mean, he's done it for numerous seasons of playing the same kind of dark characters. So to want to do something a little bit lighter, maybe a comedy or a romance movie, you know, go for it. He's a good actor. He has he, good chops. I think he played a sassy hairdresser in the latest season. <laughs> we here at Talking Terror will shed no tears about casting changes on American Horror Story. No, no tears <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Finally, 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 has In there the been confirmation the that Ernie oh, sad, Hudson will be appearing in Ghostbusters 3. Uh, oh, it's finally official. It's finally official. Not only that, he says that Ghostbusters 3, and I quote, is going to take it to a whole new level. Oh, bold words. What that means, I have no idea, because, like, the Ghostbusters 2, I don't think that it was at such a high level that getting to a large level is going to take some kind of momentous feat. Best script he's read since The Crow. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, he was they great. They can't rain all the time. That much. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he can't. He really can't. But, also, uh, it's, just, it's building. Samuel L. Jackson is going to be starring in the Chris Rock-produced Saw reboot. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I really do hope he's going to be Jigsaw. I fucking love it. <laughs> he was it's time to play a game, motherfucker. <laughs> the jigsaw like a bitch to you, man. I really hope that you not casting him in the fucking what do you call it, man? The uh, Danny Glover role. That'll be a real fucking drag. Yo, oh, I, I yeah, can't. I can't see him signing on to play some detective that gets his throat slit at the end. I could picture him signing on if he's going to be jigsaw. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows what is going on over there? Uh, cool. You can't you, have Jigsaw you... be black. That's not right, man. That's like having the Little Why? Mermaid. <laughs> what? I mean, they made a honeymooners where they were African American, didn't they? I don't think it matters. Yeah. Blasphemy. I don't, I don't think it matters anymore, man. In 2019, we don't see color, bro. Like anybody could be anybody. Anyway, cool. On the subject of Samuel on the subject of Samuel at Jackson, Ghoul, were you and I were we two of the only like 34 people to see? Did we go see Snakes on the Plane in the movie theater together? Were you with me? Did we see I that together? 
Uh, sounds about right, man. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely went with somebody. uh, And I I can't fathom anyone else that would have gone to, yeah, exactly. I can't think of anyone else that I would have gone to the movies to see that with. Chances (laughs) are we were heavily inebriated at the time. I think you're right. Or under the influence of something else. So there's a good chance Mm -hmm. I don't remember the event. Right. But you know what? I was also not all that impressed with the film either. So no, either either was I. I, uh, I, think I had a lot of high hopes for that. Or... No, we would never. You had high hopes for like that. that's, that's... Well, after knowing that the movie went through all the rewrites and all the shit that it went through, right. because they wanted to make it a B movie and make it like you know a schlocky, fun type of film, I guess I just expected right. something to be a little bit more fun and funny than what eventually wow. got delivered. I don't know. I kind of went into it thinking that it was just going to be a fun B-movie. That's what I got. Nah. Like, it's not great. I have, yeah, that's, Samuel yeah, Jackson that was, is definitely I, better. I have high expectations. But you know what, man? I, I, wow. I just just, just to, to, to make the, the doc happy, I attempted and started to watch Jackie Brown the other night, and I promptly shut it off for the – before the opening credits, because I uh, put on something else to go to sleep to. So sorry. Wait, almost got wait, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Uh, I have uh, a question. That's fine. That's, that's I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I just have a question to that to that statement. Did you put it? Did you switch to something else because you just were not feeling it in that moment, or did you see something? I don't remember the opening credits. If there was some act, some scenes first. Was there something that you saw that made you think you weren't going to like it, or was it just not the right movie for that time? It just wasn't the right movie for that time. I mean, it's just the opening is her on, like, I guess one of those moving on the walkways or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah you know, like that, that's all it is. So that's nothing it. occurred. But, yeah, it was going for a little bit long, which did kind of annoy me, which is what made me then decide, hey, I feel like putting something else on. Yeah, well, that's they fine. Did the, the entire Bobby like song Cross on Century. But even still, it's not like you like saw like a sequence and you were like, "Oh, this movie's gonna suck." You just weren't feeling it in that moment, and you're gonna revisit it. Is that still hold true? Yes. No. Again, I still want to watch the whole film just to see if my opinion of it has changed since seeing it in theaters. So. Okay. So that that's a that's a fair a fair statement. Yeah, okay. Hey, thank you. That, that your your approval means kind of everything to me. <laughs> I know that I know that it does. I know that it does. Uh, so next, and you know th- those three items, I, I was planning to blow right through, and, and we did. So uh, so uh, accordingly. Uh, but next, uh, apparently, uh, Halloween is returning once again. But oh, the rumor man. right is the rumor right now is that not only is there going to be one. But there's going to be two sequels that are going to be filmed back to back. And this is just a rumor. No, it's definitely coming back for a sequel. But the rumor right. is that there is going to be two sequels back to back, filmed back to back, but also both released in October of 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that. Uh, and I put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. Check it out, facebook.com uh, slash Talking Terror. Um, right. <laughs> It's weird because (laughs) it's a strange rumor, and I put it on the page as such that it is a rumor, 
But that's an ambitious uh, thing, if that's what they're trying to go for. David Gordon Green is going to return to direct. Uh, no word on if Danny McBride is going to come back to uh, write. But to film two sequels back-to-back and then release them next year for Halloween, it's ambitious. It could be done, I'm sure, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to get one and then maybe another the following year. But having two released in the same month of the same year, it's ambitious. And I don't know it how doesn't make sense. It, will be. Mm. Mm. it doesn't make sense. You know, the idea well, they, no. they, they want – you know, they want to draw it out. If anything, you'll get something similar to, like, Kill Bill, maybe, where you get, like, a six-month break between the two movies, something to that effect. They want to focus all of their finances on the one film so that this way you don't end up putting out two flops at the same time. If both of those movies tank, that studio is not going to be fucking happy. Or, as, well, as shitty also, as the sequels yeah. have been, what if they yeah. just film them and release them both at the same time, two different sequels? At the same time, and you just choose which crappy sequel you want to see. I like that That's idea. Stupid. I do. <laughs> no, I like that one because they have two different movies. You don't have to watch the same two Halloween movies uh, released the same month uh, that are both Michael Myers related. I mean, the problem I had, and I talked about this with the monkey last night, is that the big draw for Halloween 2018 is that Danny McBride and David Gordon Green said that Michael Myers is going to be mortal. He could be killed. He could be wounded. You know, they could end Michael Myers permanently if they wanted to. So that was Yeah, and they kept shoving it down our throat. Right. But yet, when you watch the film, he gets shot in the neck, he gets shot in the shoulder, he gets two fingers shot off, he gets hit by a car, and then set on fire. It's safe to say that he's supernatural. <laughs> you are fire! Especially if making a sequel. <laughs> then you're going to make a sequel? Explain yourself. <laughs> he's not coming back from that guy. <laughs> He's not coming back from all that damage. Let's just let his body be burned and have it be the end. Why do you got to make more sequels? Right, and I agree. It's just especially when Jamie Lee Curtis went through everything she went through to make that trap, you know, where you know Michael Myers wasn't going to go anywhere. But, you know, somehow he's getting out and there's going to be a sequel, even though, you know, (laughs) again, he's mortal. But now he's going to be like third-degree burns in a wheelchair, maybe, still hunting down Jimmy Lee Curtis. <laughs> no. I say let's well, continue the storyline from the end of – okay, you want to make two movies. Okay, fine. Let's make two movies. Yeah. One, let's make a sequel to Halloween 3 since everybody that seems to like that film wants to see a sequel to that fucking train wreck of a movie. You can make a God sequel bless you all. You all can enjoy. Go make a sequel to fucking Halloween 3. The other film that needs a sequel that they can actually do would be to hire Danielle Campbell and make the sequel to Halloween 4 that, you know, instead of having 5 and 6 Danielle the Harris? way they did. Danielle Harris. Yeah, sorry, not Danielle Campbell. Oh, <laughs> uh, she is a very fucking Who's Danielle Campbell? A, a t- She's very attractive. That's what she is. Um, yeah. She's known as Davina <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a certain television series. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. She's so fucking hot, dude. It's not even funny. Um, <laughs> but like I was saying, you know, let's let's make the Danielle Harris sequel of, of Halloween Four instead. Where now Danielle Harris is our our new Michael. She yeah, which we really wanted anyway. Mm. Yeah, she's uh, she's trying. I was actually reading Again. today 
Uh, she's yep. trying to, you know, wanting to get back in. Like she wants in, she wants to return. So there you go, make her a killer. That's something yeah. different. Just, you know, she's never been a killer. She's been the victim many times. She was little Jamie, then she was Annie in the two, uh, you know, the Rob Zombie films. Rather than yeah, her being yeah. a victim for a change, yeah, let's but make I the, feel, uh, I the feel like you can't, you can't, uh, you know, look at the Rob Rewrite Zombie history. ones. Uh, this is not part of this universe. I'm not saying no, it is. What? what I'm saying is they're all no. Halloween movies, are they not? Do they not share the same name? They do. But as far as do they the share the same go, main character? As far as the dude, villain goes, whatever you're saying, make doesn't mean it holds no water. I get what he's saying, though. I mean, they're all about revisionist history with these movies, like with 2018, ignoring all the sequels except for the original. If somebody can make a sequel to Halloween 4 and they ignore 5, 6, H2O, all the other ones, it could be a good one where you focus on Jamie being older and now she's a killer, getting out of Smith's Grove, kind of picking up where her Uncle Mikey left off. I'd kind of watch that. I think I'd be interested in seeing that. Because they have no problem ignoring the all the sequels, and you can do why if you do it right, if you do it smartly, and write a good script. Ghoul, are those your freaking chickens making fucking noise back there? Probably. No. <laughs> Nothing did you say I no to somebody else it, get a fucking bird? Uh, no, I didn't say no. I said probably. I thought I heard somebody <laughs> say no. I did. Brutal honesty. Of course, is what you always get from me. So. Okay, uh, so what else do you have, Doc? Uh, So, a couple things, a couple more things to wrap us up here. So, first of all, uh, Stranger Things. uh, I I know Ghoul King. I know you've wrapped up season three. Monkey, are you all? Are you a Stranger Things viewer? I am not. I was watching the background while the diva was watching it because she is a devout fan, just like the rest of you guys. So I, ah. I definitely caught things in the background. So if you would like to discuss this, go ahead. I you know, got a couple things to throw in here and there, but by all means, feel free to discuss. I'm not really looking to talk about the specific details and spoilers and whatnot, but right. what I have been reading is that um, now it's possible that Stranger Things 4 uh, is going to be the final season uh, in the Stranger Things universe. Uh, the... The idea, and I remember the Duffers talking about this, maybe even after the first season, uh, was that they mm-hmm. had envisioned it as a five-season series. But apparently, which I also. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, what I was going to say is the the actor that plays Mr. Clark, who I met at the first NJ Horror Con, Morgan Freeman, had said it. <laughs> Joe Clark. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, not that Morgan Freeman. Um, yeah, whoever whoever plays not Mr. That Mr. Clark, Clark. Though, in the show, um, he had uh, said that uh, that they had planned out a five season series as far as story goes. Well, one of well wh- the thing is is that they you know with maybe this adjusted uh, story to turning this into a four season series is that they want to keep this a kind of kids versus evil thing and not a young adult versus evil thing. Uh, It was my thoughts and I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed season three 
And, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not here to talk about the merits of season three. But one thing that I will say is that for the most part, they did a really good job at uh, shooting in a way that didn't really fully show how much some of the cast members have grown. Uh, but one of the images that struck me in the final episode, and this is not a spoiler, so if you're one of the two people listening out there, uh, you don't have to cover your ears <laughs> if you haven't watched it. Uh, but in the last episode, when Will uh, went to like hug his mom in like the moving montage sequence, he was like a foot taller than her. Um, it was like a striking image when they were hugging. Uh, so and yeah. I was like, oh shit! Yeah. Like you couldn't even really tell that through the whole season. So like these are kids that have grown up, and that's always the risk that you are bound to face when you are making a show or a movie with multiple sequels that involves child actors. So I can understand their thoughts if they wanted to uh, keep a kids versus uh, monsters versus young adult versus monsters, because I'm also not down with investing myself if they're going to like introduce like a younger team, like how they had Lucas's sister, uh, you know, be part of the club this past season. I don't want to see mm-hmm. these characters that we've been invested in for three seasons move on and leave it behind to a younger team. Uh, so, yeah. you know, if they feel they have the story that will make it work to satisfaction in a four season episode, even if it had to be more than eight episodes and that'd be 10 or 11 or 12 episodes, um, you know, like I'm fine with that, but uh, that hasn't been confirmed. That's just rumor. Now, all of and, that uh, being said, though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, King, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I was going to say one of the things that I found out that one of the characters, uh, Robin, played by, I believe her name is Amy Hawk, is the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? Wow. Okay. I really liked her this season, <laughs> but didn't know who her parents were. And that was pretty impressive. Well, then. Yeah. Um, but also on top of that, because they also, the, despite what you said, Doc, about them trying not to show how they age, they also showed plenty of flashbacks during the season so that you saw exactly how much they age. And and it got me thinking, though, about all the amount of actual years that these kids have spent filming this show. And right. it's just, it seems like, all of their time that could have been spent as childhood stars doing other movies or something like that seems like it was all burnt up doing this show. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys, like, like I don't, I don't know. Do you guys just see the time fly with their acting on this show and how much time this they had to dedicate to make this program? Cool. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing you got to remember is child actors, with all the labor laws and everything, there's only so much work they're allowed to do per year, per per movie, per show, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how that transfers to television series versus actual films. Um, but you got to remember, too, all of these kids at their age, they still have things like school to do. Some of them have done other right. films. Um, you know, Mike is in the – film um i know some of these kids uh and 11 was in the recent godzilla movie um yeah so they are doing other projects as well but some of them also have that like i know uh dustin is in a band they were recently in new jersey uh right in asbury park um i believe mike or will i think it was actually mike um 
is also in a band as well. Uh, so they, they are doing all these other things. They're kind of enjoying their, their youth and their popularity and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I don't know if – I think the chances of all of these kids moving on and staying in acting – um, you know, as far as high-profile things, I think that's pretty slim. I think maybe one or two of them will continue on and go do maybe something else. But I, I think for them, maybe realizing that this might be the height of their their acting careers is, is a smart thing. You know, they should be looking at this and saying, hey, let's bank it while we can. Let's do this while we can make the money for it. The show is popular. You know they're getting a cut of all the merchandise and all of that, or at least you hope they are. I mean, it's their freaking life. Weaknesses. Um, you know, so, so, so bank it, get your asses to college, get a degree. And if you want to continue freaking acting after that, then all power to you for it, but do it right. You know, don't end up like some of these other idiots that we've seen from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And that was a question I did have about child labor laws because <clears throat> with these seasons, I kind of had that question of why couldn't they just film them like Lord of the Rings back to back to back? So that way the kids stay kind of the same age. You know, you don't have to worry about them getting too tall and aging out when now they're like 13, 14 years old. But, again, I don't know what the labor laws are like where they can only do a certain amount per year. That's probably why they can't do it back-to-back like that. They have to wait a year before they can go back and film another season. So they get a little older. On on top of that, like, writing an eight-hour story is no picnic. Like, to say, oh, film it back-to-back and – another eight episode season and do seven, right. 16 hours of content at once. I mean, that's a lot, mm-hmm. man. Uh, that's but another, yeah, that's you know, point. we will see what direction that goes. One thing that is confirmed, the Duffers have said, while Netflix has not announced a formally a season four, uh, they have said that season three is, you know, breaking all their records, but they don't release their numbers. So who knows, but the Duffers, have said that that strange, the Duffers have said that stranger things four. Uh, like this past season uh, had a different feel because of its summertime uh, setting. Uh, right. Season four is also going to be uh, having a different feel. Uh, they don't have the specifics of their season four story yet other than broad strokes, but they say that uh, it's going to be a little bit bigger in scope because uh, there is going to be the possibility of portals uh, opening outside of Hawkins. Um Okay. And also, uh, you know, which looking makes sense at being the, where it ended. Yes, which obviously makes oh, yeah. sense being yeah. where it ended. Um, you know, as well as you know, who uh, this? Are we okay if I get into some like spoilers here at all, or no? Yeah, I don't mind. I know. I know. Uh, Listen, uh, I've seen mind. it, so you know, if anybody yeah. out there hasn't yeah, watched yeah, it, yeah. you know, we apologize. We're giving you a spoil warning. You know, give yeah, yourself your five warning. minutes. Go take a piss. Go have a cigarette. Go do whatever yeah. you're gonna go do. Go flick yes. your bean, um, and then come back, and we'll uh, we'll continue to something else. Do we have a female audience? I'm sure we Thank do. Probably. Anyway, uh, also the Will's big mystery who is the American, uh, you know, who is the American in the cell? Hopper. No, that's a big question. There's no it's way not it's Hopper. not Hopper, right? It's not you Hopper. You think it's not no, Hopper? I don't, I don't, I think, don't it think it's Hopper no. because I think that to to put that out there right after the character's demise is yeah. just silly. Um, I yep. think, you know, maybe they want Billy? you to hope that it is. Is it Billy? 
could be Billy. I was thinking it might be Papa. No, he's dead. Matthew Modine's character. Dr. Brenner. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's who I thought it was. Okay. Dr. Brenner. Okay. I didn't know. All that. right. Well, anyway, it remains to be seen uh, who, who it should be. I want it to be Hopper, though, in a way, though, because I fucking love David Harbour, especially this past season. I thought he was so strong as Hopper. Like, it was almost his story in a lot of ways with what they gave him. Which is why, that's why it made sense that he died. <laughs> his yeah, story has you know, come to an end. Yeah, I mean, if it did, it makes sense, and I appreciate that. But like I said, I just had such fun with uh, David Harbour as Hopper this season. Like, he went through so many different things, and he was always the guy in every episode I was looking forward to seeing again. <laughs> because he had just – he was enjoying playing that character. Yeah, and it seems like I he had like, way more airtime this season. Way more airtime. Sorry, I, Ghoul. <laughs> I feel bad for uh, – no, I just feel bad for Winona Ryder's character, man. You know, this poor woman Joy. can't get a guy to stick around for nothing. You know, the husband, the ex-husband turned out to be a douche and left her with the kids. You know, then, then she yep. gets with uh, with superhero Bob, Bob. And Bob dies. And, and yeah. now, just when you think that her and Hopper have that chance of getting together, boom, taken away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. He's just constantly just Joyce never having, you know, the love that she needs. Um, and then, of course, Levin, too, though. Like, she considered Hopper her dad, you know, who truly loved her and wanted to take care of her, unlike Brenner as Papa. And now he's gone, so Levin's without her dad again. So now she has to, you know, grow up having that really great letter that closed out that episode, where it was that really heartfelt episode, uh, letter that he wrote to her. And I thought that was important that they showed that because he was putting his real feelings to paper, unlike his actual personality, where he didn't know how to express himself. Mm. You know, I do wonder, though, because you know, some of the things that I heard um, about this past season was that some of season four may have been filmed already, um, that they, they might have filmed certain oh, okay. things during this season for that purpose, um, maybe right. to, to avoid this age-out issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certain things that I, I was surprised that didn't make any kind of return was the possibility of any of the other numbered children. Um, you know, we had met Eleven's, you know, quote-unquote sister, one of the other project children in the previous season, that, you know, that whole entire idea, that whole notion seems to have been eliminated and dropped, at least for this past season. So I'm figuring that they'll probably yeah. bring something back with that in season four. And I was also wondering why Paul Reiser didn't show back up for season three. He did. I was kind of hoping his character would show back up. He did. He was at he the, uh, the end of the season. At the very end. Oh, so I must have missed that then. What episode? Was it the yeah, Battle at the of end when all of the helicopters showed up and they stormed the fortress – uh, his character, they showed him walking like with a bunch of backup behind him for like just a moment, mm-hmm. but he was definitely there. Oh, okay, that's why I missed it. Was it. A, it was like a blink and you'll miss it type of moment. It was a blink and you miss it type of deal, but he was there to, that to show sucks. that that group is still that group. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping we see more of him if they do do a season four, because uh, I loved his character in season two, and I was disappointed that he didn't I, come back. I mean, although Carrie Elway is a great replacement as the mayor. I feel that you don't bring that character back for that moment if he wasn't going to play a role moving forward. No, it's a great point. You know, and that's why I said, I think that Carrie Elway's stepping in to play the mayor was kind of like a great replacement, where it's like you have another great actor playing this mayor who's had so many great moments. 
as Mayor Klein. You know, dealing with the Russian and dealing with all these other things. Great addition. Great character. Yeah, I felt like they were poised. Like, you know, I don't know. Again, this was a, a season I felt like about deception and things like that. And it felt like they were really kind mm-hmm. of trying to build him up like he was going to be something more. So it kind of surprised me that in the end he just ended up being, you know, he was working with the Russians, but that was about it. Right. There was, there was really nothing, was nothing deeper year. than that. Yep. No, but it worked for him. You know, anyway. I, I you know, to play that guy. didn't That's like the fact no that they validated Billy at the end. I didn't like that. I, yeah, I didn't like that. Billy. Me neither. Me neither. You me know, neither. He nope. was the me perfect neither. scumbag. They did that with Steve. They validated Steve by making him a good guy. Billy was the perfect foil to that by making you a, you know, giving you a character that was just completely unredeemable. And you know, yeah, he to... wasn't unredeemable. I don't agree with that at all. I think Billy was unredeemable completely. Steve was redeemable. Like he might have been a dick in season one, but he redeemed himself. Billy, there's no redeeming. Like he's just a douchebag. So when in the end, though, he sacrificed But he did. They tried. They tried to paint to him. Fucking save his sister. Yeah, they pa- tried to paint him. They introduced some backstory to portray him as a sympathetic character, and then yes, nope. uh, had him sacrifice himself. Uh, you know, I don't think that that is how, uh, you know, that character turn should have happened. I was not looking right. uh, to see the good in Billy, and ultimately that's no. the direction they chose to go with it. And I was—that's I, something I certainly was not happy about. I the one thing I will say I is that Lisa that. didn't come out of left field because we did get like a little hint of the abusive dad in season two. With Billy, there was the oh, one yeah. scene yep. in the house in the room. So at least it didn't mm-hmm. come out of nowhere. It just, I just didn't like it because I just feel like that actor just so portrayed that that look and that character type. Great, yeah. Like he just did it so Take well. It, you know, it felt like it felt like if you needed to recast, you know, a, a bad guy who might have been played by Jared Leto at some point in his career, like that's the person <laughs> yeah. that you hire for it. <clears throat> He's the perfect villain. You know, Dacre Montgomery, who played Billy, is perfect for that. But I don't want him redeemed. And like, well, like the doc had said, I don't want a redemption story from Billy. I wanted to see him die because everything else is going on around him. Don't be a hero because you're not a hero. Like, he wouldn't have done that any other way. Like, it's, I don't like that last second where they had to make him look like he's a hero and saving everybody at the last second. I, mean, I could have done without that. Still like the character. I think he's a great villain, but not a hero. Not, he's not Steve Harrington. <laughs> he's never going to be like Steve Harrington. Too bad he didn't bang Mike's mom. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was kind of hoping he would. <laughs> yes. He was going to get it, but now he didn't. <clears throat> but, you know, Steve Harrington working at Scoops Ahoy was great. How about and Mike's then, dad being like a non-factor this season, huh? Like there's an actor that you hired <laughs> for like a couple scenes and, yep. I'm in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah I know. Let's just show up for a couple moments. It's great. You know, what a great paycheck. His his his, his check was probably bigger than my check, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All Indeed. Right. So, uh, what else do you have, uh, Doc, as we close out before we get into the movie? I have in front of me uh, the a list. A picture of the ghoul's cock? No, I've, I've seen it many <laughs> times in my life. Um, Look at you. He's touching I mean, that's, that's, that's one way to look at it, <laughs> monkey. He's making it move. Um, but I have in my hands 
the list of Stephen King's <laughs> 22 favorite horror movies. Okay, we're they're all his. <laughs> so here we are. Number, no, they're, they're not. One, they're not. Maximum Overdrive. And this is in no. This is in. This is in no particular order. Deep Blue According Sea, The Descent, Duel, Los Diaboliques, Final Destination, Event Horizon, uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, The Blair Witch Project, The Changeling, Crimson Peak, uh, The Hitcher, both the original and remake, Last House on the Left, 2009, The Mist, Ooh. The Ruins, Sorcerer, The Stepfather, uh, the Strangers, Which stepfather? Uh, the Strangers, Village of the Damned, The Witch, Which one? and Which Dawn of the, of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> the, the original, original Dawn, Village of the Damned. The original Village of the Damned and Dawn of the Dead, 2004. Hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> man. But also, I'm not even disappointed about that. I'm disappointed that he didn't pick the original Last House on the Left. He picked the remake. He likes remakes. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, that, that's probably out of the entire list. The one film that I'm, I'm really questioning on because, you know, again, right. I mean, I, I get like if you're going to go with I the Last House on the Left, then you might as well just go with uh, like I would have went for. The Hills Have Eyes. Cabin Fever. A much better film and a much better <laughs> yeah. remake than the original film, you know, as far as movies and again, go. This the last is a house list of the of left his... remake was trash. This is, yeah, you know, remember, this is a list of, of, of his favorites, not what he considers to be the best. You can look at a film and say that's the best film, uh, but it might not be your favorite. So this is a list of his So we're not looking favorite. at it from a technical standpoint. It's an enjoyability no, factor. Like, enjoyability factor, like Stephen King's enjoyability factor. Like, for example, like, I've seen it in a film class and had the, the professor and other nerds analyze it and, and see why something like Citizen Kane is one of the greatest films ever made. I didn't particularly like it. it that much. I didn't particularly I like it that much. I understand why, yeah. it's, why it is what it is. Um, but it's not my favorite film. There are other old films that I like better than that, but I wouldn't say are better movies than that. Um, so, and then I have one final thing uh, that I just want to say uh, before we get to tonight's feature film, uh, and that is just a a raised glass, uh, healthy R.I.P. to none other than the super uniquely talented character actor Rip Torn, who has passed away. Yeah. Oh, that was sad. Man. I always love Rip Torn. He's a great character actor. Yeah, he passed Never away yesterday. Uh, fantastic, fantastic character actor. Um, in one of uh, my personal favorite movies, uh, but us also, like many other uh, super enjoyable characters over the years. Summer rental. Fantastic, fantastic summer rental. Uh, there are several yes. John Candy films from the mid to late 1980s that are just absolutely delightful. Uh, summer rental from 1985. Uh, he played Captain Scully. 
uh, just a wonderful, wonderful film that was actually on the IFC network about two weeks ago, and I got to watch it for yep, the first time it. in a very long time. Yeah, I me absolutely, too. Yeah, me too. I absolutely adore Summer Rental. Um, not only Rip Torn, but also, uh, you know, another favorite of mine, uh, Richard Crenna, in that as well, as well as yeah. John Candy, who is a very a, a, a comedic influence who, who loomed large over my childhood while growing up. Um, and a very but young Terry Green of, and Joseph Lawrence. Yes, yes. And, well, Terry uh, Green was in a few movies in that time period where she looked exactly the same and essentially played the same character. Yeah. Um, and then we never yeah. really saw her again. Uh, but as far as Rip Torn is concerned, uh, one of my most favorite movies of all time that I have so many memories of that I love so much, 1982, Don Coscarelli's the Beastmaster, uh, where uh, Rip Torn wow. played evil priest Mayax. Oh, wow, that's a good call. Wow, man. The Beastmaster. Holy shit. I haven't even thought of that movie <laughs> in ages, man. It's, yeah, one of my, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, man. I absolutely love that movie. And Rip Torn was Mayax. He was the evil priest Mayax. So. That's impressive. I, mean, I remember being on the heavy rotation. It was a stupid I movie at a long time, time, but I love it. You know, I... It's I so great. It's a stupid movie torn. now. And again, not talking about technical standpoints, but as far as enjoyability, fucking love that movie. I wasn't talking no, about Beastmaster. I, I was talking about none, my... other than, none other than Freddy Got Fingered. You know, yes. as the father oh. in that film. Uh. So fucking funny. Him and Tom Green, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just one of uh-huh. those those dumb films. It's a total snapshot of its time, but yep. I fucking love yep. it. Yeah. It cracks me up every fucking time. Proud. Uh-huh. You know, we, 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 we watched that movie. Daddy, would you like some sausage? We watched that <laughs> film and would just, we would die. And uh, this was 2001. Uh, like, so Donovan was like, what, two or three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was about three. And uh, I got, <laughs> we got him to, like, ask you if he wants sausages. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, would you yeah. like sausage? Would you like some sausage? <laughs> Yeah, Don, Donovan like, definitely dad, pulled out dad, a, dad, dad, a number of fucking dad, dad. wacky things at times, man. Like the time he called fucking Odie Sandy, you know, without anybody prompting yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we're like, yeah. Oh, who's like two that? years He's later, like, yeah. Sandy. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> we're like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rip Torn, uh, you know, so many, what, like uh, Zed in the Men in Black movie. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the coach, the coach just a lot of a lot of memorable roles, a, a unique presence, a very unique sounding voice, and um, you know, rest in peace, Rip Torn. Uh, you brought many people joy in some of your uh, on-screen uh, personifications. So there we have it. Uh, Rip Torn has moved on Absolutely. to the great cinema in the sky. And we're going to move on into the Talking Terror tent now that we have the campfire oh, I can't, going. I can't, I can't we'll wait. talk about the 1981 film Don't Go Into the Woods Alone, directed by James Bryan. This is the ghoul pick, so I'm going to let him kick it off. I'm just going to start real simple. I'm going to say I'm sorry. Um, listen, this is uh, you know, 1980 to 1981 horror film. This is a video nasty. I had wanted to pick oh, this movie a couple of months ago, a couple months ago. I it was on Shutter. I popped it on. 
And, you know, the first couple of minutes seemed like it was funny. And I was like, all right, this isn't going to work at this time of year. Instead, I'm going to wait. I'll do it around April, you know, maybe for like an April Fool's movie or something like that. And then it just totally fucking dropped off my radar. Um, It was going to be this or I was going to go real old school and go with Bride of Frankenstein. Um, So I I really wish I picked the other one. Who are the monkey? Nah, you know, man, it's one that I've been wanting to see. I, you know, that that's my thing. You know, I either like the newer films or I like the really, really old ones. Um, they're short right. but always well written, um, and I, I just prefer those types of performances. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the fuck went on in this movie. Okay, there was a bunch of people running around in the woods, and there was a fucking weird, weird guy dressed in like shit with a claw of some sort that was killing people and there was fake blood being thrown everywhere. It's the claw. No, no. It's, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, okay. Uh, so, uh, Monkey, what do you think about Don't Go Into the Woods alone? All right. Um, Ghoul, I almost picked this last summer because when I was going, like, when we were going through our stuff and I was on a um, teenage slasher kick, I almost picked this last summer for us to watch, so I watched all the trailers for this shit, so when you picked this, I was like, oh, shit, am I actually going to watch this now? Oh, man, I was laughing my ass off the... I was laughing my ass off the entire time watching this movie. Oh, but the thing is, unfortunately, I don't know which versions you guys watched, but I I, I downloaded the original copy of the movie, and... I had no problem with the movie and the cheesiness of the movie, but when you watch the original cut of this movie, it is so loaded with horrible, horrible soundtrack that it drives it you up the fucking wall. It, it, like, there is so much really, really bad keyboard soundtrack to it that, yeah. Isn't it, it, that the soundtrack to the movie? I thought it was all synthesizer yeah, yeah, The YouTube crap. one removed it, luckily. You didn't miss much. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we watched on Shutter then. You know, well, what I watched on Shutter, you know. Oh, okay. Did it have uh, a yeah. soundtrack? <laughs> did it have a what? Yeah, did it have a, a soundtrack? Did, ha- did you watch it on Shutter? Did, did they include the soundtrack, the synth pop soundtrack? Yeah, there, there was there was synth pop music going on. There was oh, yeah, something. There was. Yeah. yeah. So there yeah. You know. oh, okay. the YouTube version yeah, cut it out completely, which is appreciated. <laughs> I bet it is. But I, I had fun with it. I, I, I did. I had fun with it. I, I just wish they had given just a little bit of backstory to, you know, j- just to each set of kills that we had seen. Other than that, I would, you know, been fine with it. But yeah, okay. it, it was fun. Uh, Doc, what'd you think about Don't Go Into the Woods Alone? All right. Um, first, I don't <laughs> want to I, I just I need to make myself perfectly clear. Uh, I don't want to take any shit anymore for choosing things like blood beat after having to sit through this fucking garden. <laughs> I like blood beat. Uh, listen, I, you know what? The only like thing that beat. kept coming to my mind this entire time, I'll tell you right now, Doc, all I was wishing was that I was watching Pony Pool 2. That's how bad, <laughs> how bad I felt about this fucking movie, okay? I wanted the sequel to Pony Pool. <laughs> The panties in the pool. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I like that movie. <laughs> I put my fucking that head in the sucks. pool. There was no Ponty pool, too. 
electric <laughs> anyway yeah man i i just i you know i i i this is a film that i was not aware of i uh, just i didn't know of this film until the ghoul said this is my pick and you know i am i am not averse to older films uh sometimes my biggest issue with films from the 70s and early 80s has to do with pacing uh yeah. but uh, I was not aware of this movie going in and, you know, it sounded kind of interesting and I started watching it and truly like, I wasn't sure uh, if I was watching something that was supposed to be a horror comedy or if this was a, like a legit horror film. Um, this is, I mean, I don't know. I also don't, I know this is also a video nasty and everything. I don't know it what is. a steam, I don't know what a steam this film is held in where what like it's this considered i don't know if it's considered like a a cult classic of some type but like there was just not much going on here for me i was not really into this movie um like there was some stuff that i laughed at but laughing at it for the reasons that you don't necessarily want to have to laugh at them <laughs> yeah well well king what uh what was your opinion and maybe you can tell us like why it was on the video nasty's list well, uh, I had first seen this movie when I was in high school, uh, and the main oh, reason I did. saw it was because I loved the cover art, because it had a woman with sunglasses, and her head was cut off, and it said, don't go into the woods, dot, 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 alone, and <clears throat> the DVD that I bought, it had commentary by Darren Miller, who was the former lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, CKY, and he's a huge horror fan, and it was one of the movies that he wanted to do a commentary track for, and it was basically just him doing an MST3K style version of the movie where he's kind of making fun of it, but also kind of appreciating the gore that was in the movie. But, um, so that's why I bought it sight unseen. And then I rewatched it for the show. And I remember telling the ghoul when he said, I want to pick this movie for the show. I'm like, yeah, get ready for some fucking cheese. Like this is the ultimate fucking queso dip cheese that you could get with a horror film. Like it makes no fucking sense. But at the same time, it's enjoyable for how cheesy it is. I mean, there's a movie called Axum that came out in the 90s that was shot on video that's fucking deplorably bad. But it's still one of those movies where you kind of have to see it because of just how bad it is. And I feel like that's what Don't Go to the Woods Alone is. And one of those movies where it's just so bad, but you kind of have to see just how bad it is. Like, you have to really sit down and watch it and go, wow, the fuck were they doing in this movie that made it so bad? Uh, the uh, the reason why it made the video nasties list in the UK back in 82 was because of the gore and because of the violence. This was also one of those movies that Margaret Whitehouse, who spearheaded the video nasties list back in the UK, she didn't watch any of these movies that made the list. No! She saw the title, she heard a description, and said, fuck it, it's on the list. It's got blood in it, it's got, uh, what, violence? Yep, making the list. She didn't care. Well, the best is that she just wanted the what? She hasn't list. listed... She has it listed as, you know, it was put on the nasties list for, you know, gore, sex, Bible. drugs, yep. and all these other things. Yep. And I'm watching this movie, like, waiting for any of that. Yeah. There's no nudity. The closest you get is when the chicks are, like, when they're in the waterfall area and the one dude is laying yep. there. And it's just her bending forward, and you kind of see a little bit of cleavage. She's got her top on. So, yeah, like, uh, uh, there was nothing. And, yeah, just talk about one of those cases in which it's like, dude, this is fucking red paint getting thrown all over the place and this fucking uppity bitch wants to go and put this on a fucking nasties list yeah that was mother whitehouse yeah and i gotta say and 
I'm right in there where Ghoul is because he picked it. So then I was like, okay, well, something good has got to be in here somewhere. Like, you know, some, you know, nasty-ass, you know, Friday the 13th teenage sex shit going on. There's got to be something in here, you know. And, yeah, surprisingly, this movie is really, really clean for all the tropes that you expect for an 80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, with, with Margaret Whitehouse putting this on the list, she did an interview on BBC television saying, I do not need to watch a horror film to know that it should be on the video nasty list. And this is one mm-hmm. of the movies that she did not watch, but it got put on there because she felt like it's probably got a lot of sex, probably got a lot of drugs, probably got a lot of violence. Let's put it on the list. So, not, you know, this is not a movie that should make the list. There's plenty of other movies that were on that list that I could see why they put it on there. Don't go into the woods alone, not one of them. But it's because she didn't watch it. She just wanted it on the list so kids wouldn't have to go through it and watch it uh, back in the 80s when it came out. This is 1981 we're talking about. This is the, the apex of slasher films. This is one of 33 different films that got released in that year, including Halloween 2 and Friday 13th Part 2. Two big fucking sequels to horror franchises that will go on to become juggernauts. And, you know, it's one of those things where you watch Friday the 13th Part 2, and then you watch Don't Go in the Woods, and you're like, well, what came first? Because it seems like Don't Go in the Woods alone is pulling a lot from Friday the 13th Part 2. That's what I was wondering as I'm watching the movie. And, yeah, I ended up having to look up just to make sure I was right about the fact that both of these films got released in the same year. Um, yep, same year. This is like... This is like Victor Miller light, you know what I mean? Like, hey, let's make a film real quick about, you know, some fucking, you know, some guy that's been just living in the woods all these years, and and he's just killing all these campers as they're coming around. And, hey, we've got, you know, we're going to take some quick helicopter shots, a couple plane shots, and we've got all these cool mountain vistas. I know they spent like $12,000 on this movie. You know, this is one of those films where the director was kind of like a softcore porn director or whatever it is. He made a couple of movies throughout the course of his career, this is just something that he came up with and decided to do. Um, Again, my main reason for picking this and the reason why this movie forever will always be in my head will just be because of that cover art. I remember seeing that in the video store all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I kept seeing it on Shudder, I kept wondering to myself, you know, I I, I so vividly remember that cover art. I wonder why (laughs) I never watched the movie. And now I think right. if I remember right, like looking at the back of the box, reading the story and seeing whatever images were on that box, that's probably why I never watched this fucking movie. <laughs> and, and the fact that you brought up the fact that James Bryan was a softcore porn uh, director before he went on to decide he wanted to make horror films because slasher films, especially in 81, were so prevalent. And it is like Danny Steinem in Friday 13, Part 5. Uh, where he was a hardcore porn director, now making a horror film, so he had to have violence every 10 minutes in the movie. Like, he had to have that money shot every 10 minutes before he went back to the plot. Because just like a fucking porno movie, you gotta have the sex, and then you have the plot. You know, that's what people are there for, is to see the sex. So, with Don't Go Into the Woods Alone, that's why you get so many fucking disjointed scenes of people fucking dying. Because James Bryan was like, well, we gotta give them what they want. They want blood. So we're going to open it with the girl getting killed. And then we're going to have uh, yeah. a guy looking through binoculars. And he's going to get his arm cut off. Sex every to ten minutes. I mean, that's the way porn works, you know, especially back then. Now yeah. it's and that's fuck, exactly fuck, how fuck, the movie's fuck, presented. Fuck, 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 fuck. You have, 
you have a bunch of random fucking people getting killed in this movie set to the backdrop of uh, two couples going camping in the woods. Like, for no fucking reason, these people are getting killed. You know, the, the RV yeah. shot of the two couples, the couple in the RV. Don't worry, honey. I'll yeah. deal with that noise. This is a big fucking dispatch. Oh, but Dick! Also, oh, Dick! <laughs> Dick! Dick! Where are you, Dick? <laughs> that's, that's that probably, whole fucking probably... sequence. That is the one. I'll tell you what, though, man. I was at least hoping for some comedy and some laughter in this film. And I, I want to say I it happened at like two specific points. Um, no, I wanted to laugh a hell of a lot more. The, you know, and I know the doc had said that, you know, there, there were a couple points that he laughed and I'm sure one of them was the exact same point as me, which was when that fucking, uh, the, the VW bus went over the thing and it's just rolling down the hill. And yeah, like, man, yeah, on yeah. Fire. Like, I just fucking died, dude. <laughs> and then they just show it on fire and it's like completely engulfed in flames and from inside you still hear, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, as far this, as those this, as, as far as those the couples that were camping, did anybody else think that the redhead chick looked like Denise Fleming from Can't Hardly Wait? Totally, dude. Oh. Like Ambrose, man. That's exactly who I thought it was. I thought it was an uglier version of her. <laughs> Denise Fleming I is a tampon. I just wrote that on a locker. <laughs> but also, I, I never got the feeling. <laughs> But I never got the feeling that these were a couple, two couples. Like, throughout the entire movie, it's like the chemistry just wasn't there. I just, everything was just so bland. It just felt like four people that happened to be two boys, two girls out camping. I never really felt like they were For the most part, they looked like four boys. (laughs) They really were going for that bowl cut for the girls. (laughs) You know, and the odd accent that Peter had the entire movie, where it's like weirdly Austrian, but kind of weirdly American. I was wondering yeah, if this was one of those cases in which they filmed like a foreign cast and then just dubbed it with American, but no, this is like all American people. No, he just decided to dub it. You know, for some reason, James Bryan decided to dub the entire dialogue for everybody. You know, which is I'm guessing choice, because he but... was using like basic cameras in real outdoor environments, so you were probably getting way too much ambient noise in the area. So that could be it. I mean, you were talking about the RV. I love the couple that are in the sleeping bag. You know, you have the, the black guy, and then his girlfriend is there, and then all of a sudden the madman comes along and kills them. He drags them up into the sleeping bag and starts beating them to death, and then you see the inside of the sleeping bag, and they're like, no, 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 whoa, hey. We know that, that must have been Kane Hodder's inspiration. I always thought he was the first yeah. to do a sleeping bag, man, but this guy did it. This guy no. did it first. Yeah. This guy no, loved he did to it do a co- it. And he did it a couple times in this movie. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I will say Hodder did it better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah he did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're yeah, also the, talking the, about the fact that you have Craig and uh, I believe Ingrid. They're the couple. Yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. quote unquote couple. But he strings her up in his sleeping bag and then taunts her. Like, after she hits him with the rocks, and he's like, son of a bitch. You know, I'm going to get you. No, was it, was it Ingrid in the sleeping, sleeping bag. bag or no? Wasn't it Joanne in the sleeping bag? No, it was Joanne. You're right. It was Joanne. Yes, because Craig, Craig and Joanne yeah. were together, which we didn't realize until yeah. they ran off with each other for that period. Because before that, man, it was all, I don't know. I thought they were on like a scouting troop. I don't know what I thought, man. Oh, I know yeah. One dude looked like a, a cheap version of Donny Osmond and, yeah, you know, not like he's <laughs> 
you know, expensive to begin with, but, you know, this guy just looked like a cheaper version, and, and yeah, I don't know. Again, yeah, and, I guess you get what you get. Craig, yeah. And then Craig, to me, does look like an 80s version of Zac Efron, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, but it was just great the fact that his revenge for her hitting him with the rock is the string up in the sleeping bag and then fucking taunting her with a stick. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to eat a bag of dicks. Like, that's the actual dialogue yeah. that he says to her, you know, as he's talking here. And then she's like, I'm going to rip open this sleeping bag and see what's going on out there. Oh, no, there's somebody out there. There's somebody in the woods. <laughs> yeah, but still, oh, you know, I, I, that, that whole scene pissed me off, though, just because, you know, for anyone that's going camping, no matter what happens, you don't fucking rip up your gear. You never, never fucking rip up your gear. <laughs> no matter what you fucking don't? situation you're in. No. <laughs> well, well, the ghoul's out. <laughs> I'm well, out. Okay, it's, 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 it. okay, all right. It's different when the ghoul ripped his shit up because he had a freaky night the night before. So that's why everything's all ripped up. No, that's, that's not what yeah. gets it ripped up. That's just what gets it all wet. And it's gross yeah. to lay in. It smells weird <laughs> afterwards. Like, you, know, you don't want to lay in that sleeping bag. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's just a it's a it's a disjointed horror film because you have the the artist in the woods wearing the sunglasses, which is obviously the inspiration <laughs> for the cover art, getting stabbed to death uh, over her easel, and then the baby that she has with her for some reason in a little jumper gets taken. All right, wait, 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 wait. I want to back up on this though. All right, this I actually did like this scene, not because of the whole cheesy thing of the artist, and of course her blood is going to end up on the canvas. You know, yeah. You know, we knew you were fucking going there. What I like to yeah. know was that you just you just saw the baby gone. All right. So until the end of the movie, they, they this was the one point in the movie where I was like, okay, I'll give you nuts for this, where it left the audience thinking, did they actually have the balls to go there and make it seem like they killed a baby? You know, so I, I gave them props right. for that scene. You know, j- just because you, you just saw it gone, you know. And yeah, no, I knew I, they I didn't that. kill it. They, if they were going there, they would have yeah. done the damn thing, and, and that would have been awesome. But, you know, instead I felt mm. like they were going for this whole, like, the baby's going to be raised as, you know, the next one of that, and that's exactly right. where they ended up kind of going with it by the time it was done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they totally went there with that, you know. And uh, the, the thing is that, the connection to Friday the 13th Part 2 I also made is the fact that these two couples are going to this cabin uh, that's in the woods. Like, that's their whole plan is we're going to camp out, and then we're going to make our way to this cabin, which is also where this wild man killer keeps his bodies, much like Jason did in Friday the 13th Part 2. So, again, it's like just parallels to this movie where it's like, when did this come out? Like, is it before Friday the 13th Part 2? I mean, even the right. scene with him talking about the whole, you know, the, the story, trying to be like a scary oh, story and everything. Story, yeah. It was yep. just so – oh, God. And that – talk of okay, the guy, Craig, okay, this guy could not fucking read his dialogue for shit. Nope. Okay, the way he spoke throughout this film, it couldn't have been any more stunted. It was like, hey, they yeah. held cue cards up in front of this guy, and it turned out that he was illiterate. <laughs> so it was like they had somebody have to tell him what his lines were, and then he would repeat them. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally got that. But compared to Craig, Peter is like fucking Tommy Wiseau from the fucking room with his fucking dialogue. Oh, okay. oh we got to find our friend Joanne. She's out in the woods. I love her. Peter is wait. Which one was the one with the pink shirt? That was Peter. That was that was. No, the one with the pink shirt was Craig. No, at the end of the movie. No, okay. Peter has the pink shirt on. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. But okay, they look yeah, exactly so, the same, right, so, so you right. can't fucking tell yeah. who they are. Well, no, Craig but, is the one that looked like Donny Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> with the cowboy hat. Yes. Whatever that hat was. He's the one telling them all about don't go in the woods alone. <laughs> you know, even though we're all together, periods, don't go in the woods alone. You better not have your periods either. You better stay clean down there. Because <laughs> there's bears, bears in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> but. And I just yes. don't know if you if you guys noticed, but if you go onto the IMDb page for this movie, I want to say the chick that played Ingrid, okay, uh, yeah. Mary Gail Art. I want to say I the think one she like did. I'm, yeah, I want to say I think she did the IMDb pages or pic, the, Anyway, I think she did the pictures for both Peter and Craig. Because she's front and center of their profile pictures <laughs> on the IMDb page. <laughs> that was her claim to fame, then. <laughs> you know, this movie. <laughs> One and done, as they say yeah. in the history. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the other thing about this movie. I was trying to look up stuff about, you know, what other roles these people might have had. Nope, no other roles. This was it. <laughs> For the most part, <laughs> Acting wise, yeah, this was their shit. Some of them went on to become producers and directors in their own right, but yeah, acting wise, for the most part, the most of the cast, this was it. Well, Thank yeah, you. because the the girl, <laughs> I think it's Ingrid, the one you're talking about, but I might be mistaken for Joanne. She became a casting director, and she actually worked in Halloween too, which is the same year, 1981, and she's the one that casted the film. So. This movie, I feel like it was filmed in like probably 1980, 1979, and released in 81. 19, it was 1980. Uh, you know, if you, I mean, again, according to Wikipedia, it was filmed in 1980. Um, so summer that makes sense. of 1980. Yeah, she moved on. And because I know that one of them became a casting director and casted Halloween 2 in 1981. The, the, the only female, the only person in this film that I would have liked to have seen more of was Dr. Maggie. Um, oh, she was, she was oh uh, yeah. Uh, she was she was all right looking, which was nice, and they just they didn't use her enough. Yeah, you didn't want to see more of massive sheriff. Both like fucking uh, the guy from Monday Night Football. Every time he showed up nope. on the screen, are you ready for some football? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. You mean you, the fucking movie? You mean Madden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sheriff who's just vastly overweight and wants to go up in a plane and look for people that are on the ground. He's like, "Well, fuck this shit. Can't find her up here. So go no, back I and drink you, some more cores." I guess you're not going to see people underneath all those trees on the mountains. Sorry, man. Yeah, the guy that gets windy oh. just by getting out of the plane. Oh, I mean, I feel. I mean, listen. You know, obviously, they only had so much time that they could fly around, and it's it's a film and all that stuff. I'm glad they didn't spend, you know, five to ten minutes of them flying around. But you got to think realistically in a rescue situation. They do do flyovers and things like that, hoping that maybe somebody's lit a fire somewhere or some kind of, uh, of 
you know, some kind of thing to, to alert people to where they might be. Yeah. But it's just that, that show character cracked me up on the entire fucking movie, especially after uh, Craig is killed and Joanne's still out in the woods and Peter and Ingrid get taken to the hospital. And Peter's like, well, she's fucking still out there. Like, there's this madman that's fucking running around killing people. Like, we need to go back out there and find her and take care of this guy. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe. (laughs) 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 I don't don't know. (laughs) I guess guess we can do something. (laughs) I mean, what do y'all think? I mean, that's some crazy shit right there. We don't want him to go back out in the woods. Because that's just a dangerous situation. Oh, what's that? He Alone. just did? Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you going to eat those french fries, uh, Dr. Maggie? I think I'll just take some <laughs> on the way. <laughs> well, again, though, this is where that weird balance, though, was. And I think this is like what the doctor was trying to say earlier. Like, you don't yeah. know if they're going for comedy or if they're going for, like, a straightforward horror movie. Because this is the same character that we get introduced to because, you know, the, the secretary's talking about how busy he is. And meanwhile, he's practicing his putt on his fucking, you know, with his, with his golf clubs. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, it's a good question that you bring up about the sheriff, especially just because of how just weird he was. I thought that was James Bryan trying to do the same thing that Wes Craven did in the original Last House on the Left, where he had Martin Cove as a deputy, and then he had the sheriff, and they were just so inept, and they didn't know how to do their jobs right, and were just constant like comic relief for this movie, where he had so much bad shit going on, and all of a sudden the sheriff and the deputy show up, and you're like, whoo-hoo, we're going to get some comedy in this movie. And that's why I kind of felt like that, the sheriff and the deputy in this movie fell. And if they would have written them more in that vein, then that would make sense. But they really did. You know what I mean? It's like they wanted to do it, but just didn't understand how to write comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Because you have Peter in, like, the fucking Tommy so performance of a lifetime when Dr. Maggie's talking to him. And he's like, oh, well, I got to go back out into the woods, and she's there. Like, we have to find her. I'm like, wow, he is fucking eating the shit out of this scenery right now. Like, this is his acting <laughs> reel right here. <laughs> you know, I could do drama. And I was like, such a weird fucking accent you got, man. Like, where are you from? <laughs> I just got stuck on that accent when he's talking to yeah. Dr. Maggie in that scene. Yeah, it just sounded it's really, funny really, too really that like, you keep bringing up, up Tom, Tommy Wiseau. Because I'm thinking of mm-hmm. uh, James Franco, and that's what I felt like the deputy. I felt like oh, he looked artist. like he could be related to James Franco in some way. Oh, wow. Yeah, it could be it. Maybe that's the distant relative of James Franco. <laughs> James Franco is a kid watching Don't Go Into the Woods and One going, I want to be an actor. Hey, <laughs> I uncle. could do that. Tell me what it was like to be Don't Go Into the Woods Alone. <laughs> but you have Peter making a break into the woods to go find this madman. Ingrid, after she heals up, goes after him. And then they eventually find this drunken uncle in the woods wearing a bunch of shit all over his face and growling and screaming the entire time. I was like, wow. Oh, man. Where did they get this mall Santa to play the killer? And just going around killing people. Uh, Yeah, and when we get to the killer, I'm I'm like, why the fuck is he wearing Buddha beads over his face? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
you know, there's no rhyme or reason to the guy. We get no backstory to the no. guy. We get nothing. I mean, we actually None. just gloss over our first time seeing him, which actually is one of the better kills of the film when a gigantic bear trap gets swung down oh, on top the, yeah. of some dude's face. Yeah, but Peter ruins it by going, oh, oh, no! <laughs> you know, God damn it, Peter. Stop okay. It. Yeah, back when he was fine, he, he was in his perfect little, you know, predator hidey hole, and then he totally fucked it up by yelling out so Mountain Man could find his ass. He was having such sweet flashbacks of them just splashing around in the water. Oh, man. Remember when that happened? So cool. Like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Uh, well, that's what yesterday. I was trying to figure out. Those were flashbacks? I thought he was yes. watching people do that. Like they were like he was keeping yep. Tomming on some people. No, that's no, a flashback he was, he was having because when the one guy got killed earlier in the movie, when he fell over the waterfall and there's people splashing around, I'm like, maybe that was them. And now he's flashing back. No, that, that was but not seeing the body. That was the black. That was the black guy and his white girlfriend. I thought. Oh, the other so they were doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. So yes, for every, some reason, they're doing the exact was, same thing. Everybody was frolicking <laughs> in the water. Because yeah, I know. That's what Everybody goes on. Everybody loves this body water frolicking. Oh, frolic, frolic, wow. frolic, frolic. Yeah, I know. But yeah, the fact that he flashed back to it and he had that stupid smile on his face during the flashback. Come on, really? You're sitting by yourself and having a flashback of frolicking in water? <laughs> and then you get to see this guy. No, you, you've obviously never frolicked in water like we have. I've I frolicked. I have not. No, I have not smile. had, you know. A giggling, frolicking moment in water, so I can't relate to that. Maybe one day. The ghoul, the, the ghoul has a good time when he goes out to go see Mo. <laughs> no, actually, actually, when I think of frolicking in, in water, the, the the first thing that comes to mind is actually the one year that we went to Gathering of the Vibes, and it was like a hundred and something degrees outside, and just yeah, in my memory is just. Everybody standing in the fucking Long Island Sound, it just felt like we were like a herd of cattle, just all standing there. Nobody was playing, nobody was moving, we're just all standing in the water, and the water was so fucking warm that it wasn't even giving you comfort. It wasn't even like it was like refreshing, it wasn't helping in any way, so we just all stood there like a bunch of fucking retards in warm water. And the water was probably awesome. so warm Good from time, the bodies that were in there. <laughs> I didn't go in there. Mm. <laughs> I know. Smart man. Doc is the same thing going, you fucking idiots. Get out of there. I'll be over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, they, when Peter and Ingrid finally find the madman in the woods, this big-ass killer, and they go after him, and then they finally get him down where they could start beating on him with a machete and a stick. And I told this to Matthew last night. If they had timed this to Queen, don't stop me now. Like Shaun of the Dead, I would have been stunned. <laughs> that would have like, only been if they could have gotten the right well. man. That would have been great. Yeah, because I just fucking played that in my head when I'm watching them going, do, 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 just fucking beating him. I'm like, yeah, where's Queen? Don't stop me now. Because that's what this thing needs. <laughs> I yeah, was, and it was just thinking a, of that one scene oh. from Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, where <laughs> he's telling them 
to uh, to beat him so that just like Master Pain, <laughs> yeah. and they're just they're just beating the shit out of him, and he's laying on the ground, and they just keep hitting him, and they just keep hitting him, and the one guy that keeps showing the repeated like guy jumping in the air and slamming the fucking stamp on him. Yeah. Okay. And the one guy that hits repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as they're fucking killing this guy, he's like intentionally not dying and whipping his hands up in the air. The fucking fat sheriff shows up with the search party. And then they just look at him and they're like, Sup, man? He's like, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on here? Are you killing a guy over there? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. We just, we just want to see what you guys are up to. Uh, continue, I guess. <laughs> it's just yeah. such a non-part reaction to these two people beating on a wild man in the woods. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they've found his hut. Like, they know that this is 1980, man. Backwards justice, yeah. dude. Hell yeah, backwards but, justice okay. coming soon to Court TV. Yes, okay, okay, but okay, I want to sit there and rewind this here about the whole cabin thing because the whole reason our two couples went up here is to go to the cabin, all right? Our we talked about it, yeah. Li- yeah, lives in the cabin. The police know about the cabin. Apparently, there's only one cabin on this fucking mountain. All right. <laughs> but why are our campers going to the cabin when this place possibly is occupied by a fucking serial killer or some shit? And no one is there bothered to check this place shit out. Like, I'm just, nope. I'm just confused by the whole, there's only one cabin on this entire fucking mountain, and that's where all the action is, yet no one seems to be wanting to go there. Well, you're thinking hey, about man, that's what happened in the plot. Evil Dead. There was only one cabin And they all went there Who knew that it was going to be demonically possessed You know And you wanted to talk about Jumping Monkey I wanted to talk about fucking Wheelchair Man That's in this movie that we (laughs) Who is struggling through the The woods For some reason he's on this track (laughs) The the, the ultimate He turned over in his wheelchair Just so he could get to this peak and see the sunrise for whatever reason, and then he gets beheaded. Again, Friday 13th, part two, I'm watching you, man. They also have the guy in a wheelchair who also gets killed by a machete in a much better fashion. Texas when he falls down the uh, Massacre was actually what I was thinking yeah. for this scene. That came into my head more think- than than Friday, part two, which I did think of him as well. I thought of, uh, I forget the character or the actor's name, but... Uh, yeah, I don't you remember know, that from Friday the 13th. I remember Franklin from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. No, I, that that's exactly a great call. And, I thought of. Yeah, and like the ghoul, I thought the exact same thing, man, just because of all the moments where he was just trying to get through the fields and shit like that in Texas Chainsaw <laughs> and constantly cursing at his – no, in, in Texas Chainsaw where he was you know, cursing at his wheelchair, getting stuck in the grass and shit like that. And we had our Calling guy here sister. trying to work – Yeah, and <laughs> we had our guy here <laughs> – you know, for some reason, trying to do this alone, you know, <laughs> yeah. through the woods. For I'm whatever fucking way up a, he's in the woods alone. Yeah. In a wheelchair. And I'm going <laughs> to... So yeah. Dude wants to do it, man. I just want to know how he got there. Yeah. <laughs> who dropped him off? <laughs> you know, and, and said, you're yeah, on your own, man. Th- yeah. Who dropped him off and said, all right, go have fun, honey. <laughs> and what's actually kind of funny is that the actor... That played man in wheelchair was uh, I believe his name was John Klein. Uh, he actually went to go see the movie in the theater, <clears throat> and when that scene happened, there was a woman in front of him saying, "Well, this is really insensitive. The fact that you're showing a guy in a wheelchair in the woods with nobody to help him, 
and then you're just going to decapitate them. And the actor sitting behind her was laughing the entire time at the scene, going, this is fucking hilarious. Like, here he is struggling, getting to the mountaintop, and then he gets fucking beheaded once he gets to the top. And she turns around to him and says, how would you like that if it happened to you if you were in a wheelchair? He's like, that's me. (laughs) I love that guy in the wheelchair. But was he really in a wheelchair or no? No, he wasn't. No, he was completely capable of walking. They just put him in the wheelchair for that scene because they wanted to have a cool kill of a decapitation. So, no, he was fully able-bodied to walk. He just found it hilarious that there was a woman saying, how would you like it if you were in a wheelchair and you got killed like that? And he's like, yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> I was that character. <laughs> Thank you. Glad I made an impact like on your, you know, your viewing. <laughs> I was in a wheelchair, and they made me push my fucking my, my fat ass up a fucking mountain. That's some method acting <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, Just because I wanted to see not, the sunrise. And not even Sam Raimi did that to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Bruce, he wanted here's to. This, here's this mountain. Here's a wheelchair. <laughs> Go play the <laughs> <Yeah>. top. <laughs> Sam, don't really have to do this? Yep, yeah, it's going to be great filmmaking. Do it, Bruce. Fuck, <laughs> fine. Wheel myself up this fucking mountain. Just to battle deadites at this fucking cabin. <laughs> <laughs> but Mm-mm-mm. after they kill the madman in the woods, you have this scene of Ingrid and Peter, and they're just they're victorious, and they've just defeated everything. They have a blanket over them, and then that sheriff shows up and goes, "Huh, kind of makes you think, doesn't it?" And then the deputy goes, "They make a good couple, don't you think?" What? You know, the big shit ass grin on his face, and <laughs> yeah, and that's how you going to fucking totally close out the movie, movies, these guys. Yeah, completely different fucking movies. They didn't know where they were. So you're going to close it out with the final shot of the baby that was taken from the artist holding an axe and just kind of putting it into the ground, you know, playing with it over and over again. So it's like, oh, don't go into the one part two. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go Baby's into the woods. Still waiting. <laughs> yeah, just it. It's one of those endings where it's like, yeah, were they trying to think that there's going to be a sequel or were they just trying to give you the shock ending? I felt like that's what they were going for. I think they just wanted to give you the shock ending of the baby being left by itself, holding this axe and playing with it. It's like, oh, wow, you're making a real fucking statement. Then you go next level with that, man, and you have like a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, listen, the fact of the matter is it's still a fucking two-year-old or whatever with a hatchet. If you really want to go next level, you got to have that kid like kill something, not a person, obviously, but like a small like animal, an animal or something, or something. To eat. Yeah. To eat, you know, and know mm-hmm. that, okay, so this, is, this gives you now the origin of the guy that we just watched killed. You know, we know that he must have been left in the woods just like this kid now is. He's going to live on fucking all kinds of critters and shit like that and grow up to be a madman running around in fucking loincloth. Yes, but yeah. this is also... Like the monkey this, had said about this, background, you don't need it. <laughs> you know, I thought they didn't know what they were doing. So how are you going to do background? But, but this is when I sit there and told the king, this is going to be our GoFundMe project. We're going to make a sequel to Don't Go in the Woods. All we got to do is have a Fuck no, like, like five minutes of film. Yeah, hell yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to, and no, and we're going to nope. get Soska. No, and we're going to get Soska to sit there and play the role of the girl that grew up, and now she's the bitch that's going around crazy in the woods. 
being our killer. Okay, yeah, 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 wait. Yeah. Well, well, which you one? Jen or Sylvia? Which one? I mean, sorry, not Salska. I'm, I'm sorry. Not Salska. I meant Tristan Risk. We're going to have Tristan Risk going around the woods. Okay, fair enough. Killer. But, yeah, I was going to say Saska. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. They can no. direct it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the Saska sisters. Um, I know they got banned on Twitter for something that they put up. But honestly, Monkey, oh. you just gave me such a great idea. I really wish they started identifying just as one name as Saska and just as, like, a unified group so that, like, when one <laughs> yeah. spoke, one they, they speak for each other. Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh. We you mean like a Ricky Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was yeah, glad that you brought that point up. Because that was what, the one thing I wanted go- to talk about before, as we close out, about the uh, Jen and Sylvia Saska being fucking suspended from Twitter because they shared images from the rabid uh, film of effects that Master Effects did for the film of Laura Vandervoort playing Rose. And they got suspended from Twitter for that. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's just such a bullshit thing that they have to deal with because they shared images from a film that they created. Meanwhile, there's other people of note that are on Twitter right now that are just fucking rambling, and no ban on them, but Saska is sharing their art, automatic ban. I think that's bullshit. What's, well, like it. what's their, what's, when it comes, you might not like it, but when it comes to that, it's one thing to say stupid things on Twitter, but when it comes to... Uh, Twitter's terms of service. What are Twitter's terms of service as far as imagery? Well, that's something I have to research because I know that it can't yeah. be actual violence. It can't be actual showing somebody dying. But I think showing artwork from a film of practical effects, that shouldn't get you banned. That shouldn't get you suspended well, from Twitter. Well, see, okay. I mean, no, listen, I, I, the reality is, is there's oh, no such ahead. thing as bad advertising. You know what I mean? So if anything, they just turn this into more promotion, and you're good to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves a good conversation. And that's what they're doing, luckily. They are fucking eating it up, and I love Jen and Sylvia Saska for taking this to their advantage and saying, listen, we got fucking suspended. We're going to fucking be stronger than ever and release this fucking movie, and we hope you watch it, and they're taking it and running with it. Rather than taking it as a loss, they're taking it as a fucking win, which I'm really mm-hmm. glad that they're doing. You know, they're not letting it lie. No, 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 you can't. Especially when you're doing it in the genre that they work in. Take it and run with it. And be like, we're so badass that we got banned for Twitter <laughs> for, the, for yeah. the graphic content of the latest movie that we're working on. Make sure you go see it. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah, are Saska. Yeah, we are Saska. Hail Saska. But uh, I did post that trailer on a Facebook page for Rabbit. Uh, it is excellent. I can't wait for Rabbit. I know that uh, the original was out there, the David Cronenberg film, but I'm loving what I've seen so far of the film that they released the trailer for. Tristan Risk playing your character, CM Punk, best in the world. You know, he has a part in that movie, so I can't wait to see Rabbit. Shane O'Mac is best in the world, man. <laughs> uh, wrong. There's only one best in the world, and that is CM Punk. Right, so. Shane McMahon. And you better make sure you say it right. <laughs> and the fact that they still chant his fucking name to this day whenever an event's happening is awesome. 
That's I'd because people that. like to have like selective memories. They like again, CM Punk was an entertaining performer as far as his ability to build a storyline and be a good villain. But what they don't remember is that he's the most boring in-ring performer imaginable. I agree. To the point that his his finisher is called "Go to Sleep" because that's what you were doing throughout the course of the entire match. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was a horrible in-ring performer. He was fucking amazing on the mic. I mean, it's undeniable. Like, he could fucking drop bombs like nobody else. In-ring, yeah, I could deal without it. <laughs> you know, I was never impressed by his in-ring abilities. But the fact that he and could talk on in- the mic, he sold himself that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so five minutes left. What are you Doc, picking next week, Doctor? Week, what do you have for us? So, I, too, am going... To go back to the same year as the ghouls pick to 1981. Ooh, Friday okay. Part 2? No. <laughs> ha- ha- Halloween 2? No. Some say uh, that this is the, I don't know, the original or precursor to the Scary movie series, but from 1981, we are going to take a look at student bodies. Love it. Oh, great pick. I'm a huge fan of student bodies. So, oh, looking forward to talking about that. Oh, is, I'm excited about this. I've always wanted to see this one. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it many, many times. It is, like the doc had just said, the precursor to scary movie. Like, it was poking fun at slashers when you probably shouldn't have been poking fun at slashers. Uh, and doing it in such a great way. I mean, how, so how, we'll be talking. how are you doing it in 1981 before slashers even exist? And they were just they getting existed. formulated. 1981 you know? was the apex. They were just getting formulated, though. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. That is the big thing. But no, slashers technically started in 78. That was the uh, Halloween uh, apex. Yeah, so I know. We can go back genre. to Black Christmas as well. You know, I, that's just saying. You oh, know, good, as far as the thing. genre blowing up. But they consider the slasher golden era, not including Black Christmas, 1978 to 1982. That was the big golden era of slasher films. After 1982, they started going by the wayside. So Student Bodies was in that apex of 1981, where they felt like this is the time. There was 33 movies released in 1981 alone that were slasher films. So Student Bodies was kind of picking the right moment to go and do a parody of those movies. If they had waited to 1984, it would have been gone. It would have been too late, because that was beyond when these movies were getting cranked out month after month, and people going to the theaters to see them. So look forward to it either way. I think it's going to be a fun one. So thank you, Doc, for that. I'm day. excited. All right. Thanks, Doc. So, <laughs> Monkey, go ahead and sign yourself off. <laughs> okay. I'm your monkey. Thanks for listening tonight. <laughs> Let me come in your ear. Yay. All right. Good night, everybody. Right. Yay. <laughs> we love it when you come in. All right. Doc, thank you so much for the pick, and I look forward to discussing with you next week. Me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to hit us with the plug that you always do since we did talk about it earlier, but I think it's appropriate. So, I want to hit us with a plug real quick. Oh, well, of course. Get to Etsy. Go to Bonfire Beat Designs. Put in the promo code COCK and 
pussy, and you will get what you've been dreaming of. But while you're there, oh, remember, you yeah. do have to purchase something. You need to get some jewelry. You got people. You got family members. You got loved ones. You got people that you have sex with. Get them shit. Girls, get something for your guy, and he'll give you your di- his dick, you know? Guys, buy a chick something. Put out more. I'm telling you, man. You know, if you're into dudes, then do it that way. You're into chicks, do it that way. I, I don't care. Just go on there, buy something, and like I said, man, if you put in the promo, cock and pussy, you will get a custom picture of the ghoul's cock and his pussy. It is worth it. It is worth it. What she does is amazing. All for things that she creates is amazing. Um, so definitely check them out. Get the cock and pussy. And my cock going. and pussy are amazing. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Impressive. I have an amazing cock. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Stay scared. <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King Horror NDG, saying keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail yourselves, hail Sasuke. We'll see you next week for student bodies.